Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. Are you a woman who's ready to excel in her career and her life? Are you ready to be a professional saleswoman by using your inherent qualities? Are you a woman who wants to be better prepared for a leadership position? Then you're in the right place. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman. It's about women in business, work-life balance, leadership, and current events related to gender communications. Be prepared to be inspired, motivated, and challenged. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman is your connection to women nationally, internationally, and globally. So get comfy and see what the buzz is all about. Find out more at www.sellinginaskirt.com. Now, your host, Judy Hoberman, on C-Suite Radio. You know, when we think about how different generations work together, many times you go right into technology and how the younger generation is so knowledgeable with their smartphones, social media, and anything else that's new and innovative. Of course, we also forget when the first pager or fax machine came out. We thought we were so cool to think we had this new piece of equipment that made our lives faster and easier. And sooner or later, our parents understood the value and it became second nature to us all. But what about social media? That's not too far a cousin from technology. When I first started to be a pro, and I'm using air quotes for that, I knew I had a Facebook account and the beginning of a LinkedIn profile, and that was enough for me. However, when I started my business, I hired someone to help me with social media. And as I knew it, it was a way to connect with one-to-many instead of always one-to-one. Now, he was an expert and he was younger than my children. He was absolutely amazing and he taught me so much. And I learned how and when to post and how to schedule my posts if I chose. And he encouraged me to have presence on Twitter. And I told him I felt like Betty White when she said she knew how to use Facebook and the Twitter. I felt ancient is what I told him. And he said to me, just try it. And he was the master and I the student. And so I did get into Twitter. Well, funny thing about being on Twitter, for a few months, I actually got a client. Now, it wasn't saying hi and asking them how to become a client. It was building a relationship online, which wasn't too different from what I did in person, minus meeting them in person. In any event, I told him I had been on Twitter for a few months and I said to him, I have a client. And here's what he said. Isn't that amazing? Tell me how you did it so we can make sure you repeat it. Now, he could have easily said, told you so, 
but he was much wiser than his years. My point is, we can learn so much from other generations when it comes to our businesses, if we give each other the opportunities to share and learn. Sometimes we're so fixated on the differences in the negative rather than the positive that we're setting ourselves up for disappointment and possibly failure. In a survey of 500 executives, they uncovered that 80% found communication across the different generations to be the most challenging issue. And to go one step further, it was how the different generations perceive technology. In that technology heading is communication, and each generation has a preference in how they want to communicate. Here's some facts. The traditionalists or someone in their 60s want to have a conversation. The boomers will ask you how to call them on a cell. Gen X prefers an email and Facebook, while Gen Y, the millennials, will want to text and use Instagram. Gen Z wants to use Snapchat, YouTube, and TikTok and prefer voice command. Now, this can be confusing if you're stuck in your ways. A simple solution is to ask how your customers and your clients prefer to be communicated with, just in case your boomer loves to tweet. Well, let's all agree, though, that all generations are somewhat dependent on technology for both their personal and professional lives. The reason they use it might be slightly different. For the younger generations, it's really about getting connected, while the older is really more about getting information. But both fulfill those needs, and eventually they'll find more reasons to use the technology that's in front of them. But let's zero in specifically on the different generations of women in the workplace. Now, I bet you'll find that we have lots of things in common with most of the common challenges. Work-life balance. We all want the ability to pursue a career and have a family. It's that balancing act we struggle with. We may have more choices in front of us, but one of the things we do find is being judged by making choices that may not be as popular with other women. For instance, choosing to have a career versus being a stay-at-home mom. Now, while some of us want it all, there are others that realize, while you can have it all, you just can't have it all at the same time. But here's the reality. There are 10,000 boomers that are retiring every single day, and there's 75.3 million millennials that are poised to replace them. And in today's workplace, millennial women will account for 25% of the global workforce. This group of women are independent and unafraid of technology and change. They want a voice, they want to be on committees, they want to be decision makers who develop processes and policies, and they're highly educated, sophisticated, and strategic, more than any other generation. But here's where you'll see how the challenge of all women, no matter the generations, are the same. The top five reasons that millennial women would leave their current position are no different than any other generation. They found a job that paid more elsewhere. Their work and personal life are out of balance. They want more flexibility. There's not a fair balance between how hard they work and the compensation they receive. There aren't enough opportunities for career progression, and the work is not as interesting and meaningful as they would like. The truth is, while we might find four different generations, and in some cases five in one business or company, we're more alike than we all believe or are told we are. We are women trying to do our best for ourselves, our companies, our families, and each other. And while many hear that women aren't being kind to each other, the truth is there are more and more women ready to lift each other up than ever before. And my guests have a lot to say about that, as that is exactly who they are. George Will said the most important business of one generation is the raising of the next generation. Nothing else you do in life will be as deeply satisfying. We're going to take a break to thank our sponsor, Walking on the Glass Floor. When we come back, you'll hear from my guests who will share their thoughts about our favorite topic. Women. This is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio, and we'll be right back. What happens after shattering the glass ceiling? You're now walking on the glass floor. Walking on the Glass Floor, Seven Essential Qualities for Women Who Lead is a timely and indispensable business guide for all women 
whether you're moving out of a dorm room or moving into an executive suite. Introducing readers to the seven keys to success in business and life, Judy Hoberman brings her fresh voice, sales savvy, and thoughtful approach to each of the essential and most powerful leadership qualities. Written in her trademark no-nonsense glass-half-full prose, Judy's blueprint for business teaches all women how to cultivate and strengthen key skills that will serve them in both business and life. Uncover amazing qualities they already possess that will help them lead and succeed and harness universal leadership qualities to continue reaching their full potential. By providing authentic real-life case studies and inspiring quotes throughout, Judy fills each page with the timely advice women need right now. Walking on the glass floor is like having Judy Hoberman sitting right next to you as your business mentor, personal life coach, and best friend all at the same time. You can order your own copy of the book at walkingontheglassfloor.com. Welcome back to Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio. Okay, I have two powerful guests. They're powerful women. I'm so excited. So the first is Wendy Jestings. With 19 years in the financial services industry as advisor, as well as a general agent, Wendy was in the top 3% in all financial advisors in the industry, male or female, and at the top of the game in her financial practice. She was also one of the very few females that can be at the helm of a large financial agency. As a managing partner in one of the largest metro cities in the country, Wendy had the distinct privilege to attract and train with some of the top financial advisors throughout the country. Her lifelong passion is to help other women live a life of significance and maximize their professional and personal talents. We decided that we were separated at birth and we already have a very unique bond. My second guest is Andrea Bullard, a national author and dynamic business coach who helps her clients catapult their income substantially. Her results-driven play-to-win attitude and methodology has helped transform the lives of many elite advisors in the financial services industry. She draws her core principles from her experiences from playing Division I volleyball and studying under Olympic and world-class coaches and sports psychologists. She has applied these winning principles to results-driven advisors by combining the turnkey business systems with tough love support and her game-winning strategies. With over 40 years of collective experience between them, their philosophy is play to win, while their passion and competitiveness help equip females with the skills, mindset, and ability to dominate their industries and never fall in the shadow of a man again. Now, I think we all better buckle up and let's get this discussion started. So welcome to the show, ladies. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Appreciate you having us. Well, I am delighted. I have my new sister and my new cousin. So here we go. Fantastic. (laughs) Okay, so let's start with the discussion of the day, learning from each other. What does that mean to you? Wendy, let's start with you. I think learning from each other is like being part of a tribe. You know, we're better connected together. And certainly when we reach across the aisle to support one another, no matter what the generation, whether it's the younger generation or older generation, we have something we can learn from one another. We empower one another. And when we do, I think transformation really happens. As women, we have the power to come together to have greater impact than each of us can ever have on our own. And we all have such different life experiences, different talents. It's really interesting when we can bring them all to the table and share them amongst ourselves. Every day, we have a choice to use our abundant mindset and reach across the aisle to share our collective wisdom with one another. And that's powerful and pretty special. That's pretty, that's a, a great way to look at it. How about you, Andrea? What do you think? 
Well, I, I'm going to go back and just share a story with everyone about my experience about women in sports. You know, way back when, we won't tell how many years ago that was, but I was one of the women that fought for equality, you know, Title IX equality for women in sports. And back then, we began to study how we could take sports and women in sports to the next level. And what we realized is that we had to stick together. We had to support each other. We had to believe in each other. We had to help each other. Because you know in the opposition that there were a lot of people that didn't believe in us. There's a lot of people who weren't supporting us. So it was really through that women helping women get better in sports, promoting each other, helping each other, whether it was getting new uniforms or getting that field we can play in, or just we needed to be acknowledged. For example, even getting letters as Division One was key to us being recognized and taking us up to that next level. That was critical to us winning that game of Title IX and being acknowledged in, in, as women in athletics. So, you know, we always see that women that are in athletics are team players and there's a great bond and your goal is the same exact thing. And so a lot of times when I was recruiting women, I was always excited when they said they played, you know, volleyball, they played softball or whatever, because I knew they understood the value of being on a team. But the other challenge that we hear, and I mentioned it briefly, is that a lot of women that we hear about they're not excited about helping other women succeed. And I'm not exactly sure why that is. Although, I mean, I, I've seen it. I've been the recipient of it as well. But what's your opinion about that, Andreas? Coming from sports and knowing that you all work together, why are there some women that absolutely don't want to share their brilliance, their, their knowledge, their experience, their expertise? They just don't want to do it. That's a question I think I've asked many times. It's a question that women have asked. And Again, I don't have any exact research on this. I just have theories on it. And as I've watched my clients, which are primarily men, but my clients who have been women and encouraged them to support each other, I think sometimes they view each other as competition. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest, women at high levels, particularly when it comes to the financial industry, it's a very rarefied atmosphere. And we all know that women that get to that level, right? Many times they play like the men play. They can get tough. And so I think sometimes they may view women as competition. And I think that if women can learn to what we did in athletics years ago, we realized we needed to support each other. And I'll tell you what, Judy, having coached men, that's one thing they do. They do extraordinarily well. They support each other. They invite each other to the clubs. They introduce each other. That's how they stick together. You know, that old boys network. Mm -hmm. We women have to get that and create the new girls network because it really is powerful. That would be an awesome thing to do. And so that's one way of looking at it. Wendy, what do you think? Why do, don't women really want to share what they know? Thanks for asking, Judy. Actually, some of the points Andrea just mentioned, I also feel very similar. I think some women view other women as competition because some women have had to have earn a seat at the table in a very male-dominated profession, such as financial services, we, for some reason, for whatever it may be, feel like we need to compete rather than out, um, become their allies together. And also, I think women oftentimes compare themselves to our male counterparts because of the power balance that happens to get disrupted when particularly 80% of the population in financial services is male. There has been mm -hmm. a lot of research done about the power 
of women incorporated in financial services and the power to preserve this dead even power relationship between other women that they've grown up with. And studies have shown that they've grown up with this philosophy their entire lives, and it's just been hard to unprogram. I also think the other reason might be just a little bit like a queen bee syndrome, where women uh, typically have to play very tough and women have to fit in with their male counterparts. And so for women, in order for them to be at the very top, they have to put their success in men. And so they start acting a lot like men. We're just trying to figure out as women where our place is. And we've been taught and conditioned through the years that we have to compete to be paid attention to. And that, I think, is a mistake. My tagline is women want to be treated equally, not identically. And while it doesn't say a lot, it speaks volumes. And so when I say it, people are like, oh, I totally get that. Because we're coming from the financial arena, we all know it's male dominated. And yet the three of us have worked in it, worked with it, worked for it, and we've all succeeded and continue to do that. So the industry itself has lots of challenges and it is the biggest relationship-driven industry that there is. And women are known for building relationships. So to me, one and one equals two, but it doesn't for some reason. So what do you think the biggest challenge in the industry that they can't recruit and retain enough female talent? So when do you want to start with this one? Absolutely. So 19 years ago, when I came into the industry, I was a single mom. I had a two-year-old son and a four-year-old daughter. And I kind of joined the industry after a background in education to really have balance and peace of mind to be able to raise my family. I kind of came in for that autonomy and ability to run a business and soon found out that that was very different than the norm. I think a lot of firms and agencies set up structure that is set up better for our male counterparts than women. Let's face it, as women, we have different things. We're juggling all sorts of different things. For me, it was getting the children out the door and making sure they got to school and had breakfast and lunch and got on time to their activities. And so those mandatory meetings that these firms and financial institutions like to put in place at 7.30 in the morning and <laughs> mandatory travel really wasn't the time, flexibility, and freedom that I had originally signed up for. And I think it's hard. And I think the mistake was that many times the industry created meetings and times and trips and travel really around our male counterparts and became really tough to balance. I often kind of thought about how many times I could walk away and give my talents to a different industry that would have been easier to raise children. And it was back and forth pendulum swing for a long, long time. And I needed to advocate for myself to make sure that I could too have a professional career and also still be a fantastic mom. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that. So before I ask you your opinion, I, Andrea, I want to just tell you an interesting story. Another colleague and I, we were doing building this program for one of the financial companies, and it was all about recruiting and retaining women, which is always a big challenge. They asked us to work with the managers. Of course, they were all male. <laughs> and we were doing this across the country. So everybody was on a different phone at a different time. And so it was the two of us, female and female, with one manager each time. And we asked one question. We started with this one question, and then we didn't ask anything else to anybody else because we just wanted to hear their opinion. And we said, what's your definition of flexibility? And every single one said, it means that she, she doesn't want to work hard. And that just told us everything. I mean, it really, I just thought, you know, I'm let me just throw that in there. But Andrea, what's your opinion about the whole industry itself with why we just can't get the right balance to have more women that not only come in, because you can get a lot of women to, you can recruit women 
it's the retention and getting them into the upper levels. Yeah, I just, I love this question. And I hope all women listen to this because first of all, I'm going to say before I answer the question, women can make it big in this industry. Mm -hmm. But having coached many masterminds for 15 years, number one, one of the hardest things is one woman being in a group of 15 men and they're all talking. And you know, if any of us have been in a whole group of men, being with a whole group of men is very different than conversation when, you, when you're with women. And so these women that are in these mastermind groups, these training groups, feel very left out. The conversation's different. And even after the meeting, the guys go out and maybe play golf or have cigars, and the woman's completely left out. But during the meeting, the conversation's different. You can see she can't relate. You can see from the jokes to how they deal with things to just their language. It's just very male dominated. So women have told me they just don't feel like they're part of the group. So if you don't feel like you're part of the group, where are you going? So that's a number one reason. Here's the second reason. They don't have mentors Mm -hmm. and they don't have coaches. They may have a male coach that sort of gives them time. I'll talk about that in a second. But where are the female mentors? Where is the woman that taught the young woman, oh, if you have kids, this is how I did it. Oh, if you have to go home and cook, this is how I did it. I know it's important for you at the holidays to take care of your family. This is how I did it. Or here's another one. That woman that goes out and meets that male prospect alone in a restaurant, how do they handle it? Yeah. I mean, that's a very difficult conversation to bring a whole group of men. Or I had this one top female in a group of all men. She just had a baby and she broke down in tears talking about leaving that baby and all the men didn't know what to say. Why? They didn't experience it. Right. So I think we don't have mentors. And the last thing is that, and this is a tough one, there's a lot of males in the business that don't believe women can do it. Mm-hmm. Whether they think they're weaker or they're not going to put the time on or whatever. And if you have someone coaching you or mentoring you and they don't believe you can do it, you're in trouble before you even get started. Absolutely. Absolutely. I used to hear the men talk behind my back and they would say, she'll never make it. She's, you know, she asked too many questions. She takes too long. Everybody has to be her friend, blah, 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 blah. But at yep. least we could say we had one. We had one. I mean, that's how they were talking. They were, we had one, like we checked off the box. To me, I come from New York. So that was a challenge. And that's, that's the way I looked at it. But let's talk about something special that you two have partnered up and you created the Women's Business Accelerator. First of all, the name is very powerful. And I know the program is. So, Wendy, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? And then, Andrea, you can tell us what your thoughts are. I am so, so excited. It's kind of been a long time life mission for me to personally have the opportunity as a female advisor to give back to other women and help them get to the top of the pack. And so it was really exciting. Andrea and I met several years ago, actually, at the beginning phases of my career. We got reintroduced back when I was in Chicago with our general agency. She shared a like-minded vision and we just kind of synced together and said, this is it. The time just could not be better. And so that's kind of where this kind of came to fruition. It's so, so exciting to have the opportunity to partner with someone who also has that same passion and belief that we need more women at the top and more women in this industry succeeding. The Women's Business Accelerator came about as a one-year mastermind, and it's really designed to really have mastery in all levels and skills to help all women in financial services have exponential growth personally, professionally, 
and then ultimately financially to show them the pathway to unleash, whether it be new thinking with this new digital age, because our world is changing fast and furious, just what those changes in their practice needs to be, new skill sets and shared knowledge, just the, to be able to find their tribe of other women in a program that's not specific to any one company is just really, really powerful. It's about helping women in the financial services play at that elite level to give them the pathway of creating a practice or a financial practice that can get them to six or seven figure businesses year after year. As women, we often feel like we need to be perfect. And this mastermind is not about being perfect. It's about progress, right? Progress, not perfection. And the Women's Business Accelerator Movement came together to help support other women feel like they could make progress and work on their business with mentorship and coaching and help them to take their business to the next level and hopefully break their own glass ceiling. And that's what's really exciting is that everyone's going to have a different glass ceiling and we're going to be there to cheer on those women and watch them get to the top of the pack. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. So once they crash through your glass ceiling, they can fall on my glass floor. (laughs) That's how it works. Okay, Andrea, what's your thought? I'll tell a story about it. A couple of years ago, I was actually in New York City and I was at a regional meeting of a large company where I had done a lot of masterminds. And I'm looking at the top 10 on the East Coast. And six out of the top 10 were either currently being coached by me or had been in masterminds or currently with masterminds with me. But it dawned on me, all 10 on stage were men. And I thought, where are the women? Mm-hmm. So it was after that meeting, I said to myself, it's time. You've held masterminds, primarily men. It's time to have women. But I knew one thing. I said, I thought what would be best for the women? And that's where when Wendy and I met, I was very excited. I had this vision that I didn't want them to have one coach because I can help them build their business, the mindset. But I said, wouldn't it be unique if we had someone that had been a top producer, which was Wendy, and myself? So when we met, I shared my vision and I knew that the uniqueness of the two of us and our approach and our ability to help female advisors together would be amazing. We both had children. We both each have a special needs child. We both brought up our families while building our business. We were both hard charging and wanted to play to win. And we both got together and said, what could we build here? What can we give back to women? And again, the vision I've always had is just going back to athletics. I get goosebumps how women got together and built that. We know where young athletes are today. It makes me smile every day, all day long. And I thought, you know, what would it be like if Wendy and I could start this, give back? What would it be like in the United States? What would it be like internationally? What impact could we make when we help women get to that top level? And I, that's where it all began. That's really our long-term mission. So have you already launched it or is it coming up? We're launching. We're going to be giving away, if anyone's interested, four different free training sessions. We want to first be teaching first, be giving back. Mm-hmm. People can listen to what can they do to take their business to the next level. Then those that are really want to say, I'm committed, I'm going to do this. We're going to start this program the end of September. That's our target date. And we're going to have a limited number of women, but our mission is really to help those women that want to do it come, the two of us, coaching them, masterminding them together to really take their business to the next level. Excellent. 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 
So how can our listeners connect with the two of you to you know, learn more about you both and to learn more about the Women's Business Accelerator? So what they can do is they can go to either of our websites. So mine is my name, andreabullard.com. Wendy's website is mywealthwisdom.com. They can go in there and they can read about the Women, the Business Mastermind Accelerator and schedule a time to talk with us. We're also willing if they want to get on either of our websites and email us and tell us, hey, we'd like to sign up for your free training. We're, we're welcome to send any person that free training and they can get a taste and flavor of our coaching because we're going to be giving them several sessions of free coaching to just give away and help women. Awesome. Wendy, anything to add? I'm just incredibly excited how this mastermind and this evolution of you know, what we're building, how this is going to help not only the independent financial advisor, but anybody with companies and organizations that already have kind of an, an initiative for diversity and inclusion to increase more women into the industry, how this could have a profound impact on women as a whole. Like you said earlier, Judy, in retention and really helping them to succeed and earn the kind of income that we know that we are all capable of. And so it's just really exciting that we, we could really help not only women, but our industry kind of look at what we're doing differently and play a small part in that. And so that is what's really exciting. Yay. Well, I'm excited for you and I can't wait to hear more about it. And I just want to thank you both so much for sharing the mic with me. I look forward to creating some adventures together and hearing where you are. Well, Judy, thank you. And I, I think one last thing, if I don't mind say, I just hope all women just decide they can do this because they can. And Judy, thank you for helping women because again, you're that role model. You got out there and you did it. And I just love it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And I want to leave everyone with this quote. When women support each other, incredible things happen. I thank you all for listening to our discussion where we share some extraordinary guests, some ideas for your business and ways to stand out as the amazing women that you are. Now make sure you stay connected with us. And remember, women want to be treated equally, not identically. Until next time, this is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.